Hey, greetings, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Plan B Success. Today, we've got someone who's going to discuss a very novel concept with us. Peter Klamka has been an investment banker and a developer throughout his career and decided to take a pivot, get into something that's hot and heavy within the startup space. For those of you who know Uber and Uber's founder, Travis, who's kind of pivoting towards what they call ghost kitchens. That's what we are hearing of of late. Well, Peter's already there. So Peter runs a ghost kitchen company, which we'll figure out what ghost kitchens are all about, talking to Peter, and it's called Cordia. So welcome, Peter. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. So why don't you educate us about what ghost kitchens are all about? So more and more people are ordering food from a mobile phone or a website. And in reality, you don't know where your food is coming from. You think it might be coming from the McDonald's on the corner or the restaurant in the casino or the place that you've gone to for drinks or to watch sports, but you really don't know. Uh, all you know is that in 30 minutes, there's going to be somebody knocking at your door or standing outside your apartment and they will have for you a plastic bag with your lunch, your dinner, your breakfast, your midnight snack. Uh, and essentially, if you own a restaurant and you have, you're successful and you have a lot of orders coming in, that means your kitchen is stressed. Your diners will be sitting there and it will take them longer to get their dinner out from the kitchen because you're making to-go orders. You'll also clog your waiting area with Uber drivers, Postmate drivers, and other delivery services for coming in to pick up orders. A ghost kitchen essentially eliminates all of the in-premise dining. So there's no tables, there's no bar, there's no uh, uh, nothing inside of it except the kitchen and a delivery area. And that's essentially what a ghost kitchen is. So is it something like if I were to compare this, you know, we hear about brands like Nike, for instance, right? Shoes, Nike, very well-known brand, but they could be getting their shoes made somewhere in Asia. And then anywhere. Correct. It's, it's essentially the, the brand is what drives everything now. It doesn't matter uh, where it is. It's a brand that someone is comfortable with. So whether it's a famous chef or a, where I believe it's going is going to be influencers, sports stars, anyone who has a large following, they can have a restaurant now. Let's uh, kind of delve a little deeper into your background, investment banking, development to ghost kitchens. How did that happen? So 20 plus years, I worked in New York City in various aspects of banking, funds, taking companies public, lending money, doing deals. And about three years ago, I decided it was time for a life change. Uh, I wanted to move to the West Coast, better weather. Uh, I'm a single parent, and it was a little easier to raise a child in a uh, what I would call a more normal environment or a less stressful environment than Midtown Manhattan. Although, love New York, miss it every day. Uh, things have to change sometimes for the needs of a family. So we settled in Las Vegas, and um, I had a uh, an opportunity to purchase a restaurant. Now, the restaurant uh, called The Blind Pig is literally in the shadow of the Bellagio, the Aria, the entire Las Vegas Strip. You can see it from the parking lot. Uh, it's less than a mile away. I got very lucky 
because a year after I got here, the Los Angeles Raiders decided to build a stadium one mile from the restaurant. And we're the only restaurant, that decent restaurant, that's not fast food, that's close to the stadium. So I have this restaurant. But running a single restaurant in Las Vegas is not that interesting to me. Um, I decided that there has to be a way to expand. There has to be a way to grow it. There has to be a way to do something uh, to create more value and more excitement than selling hamburgers to tourists on Dean Martin Drive in Las Vegas. Although that's a noble profession and a lot of fun on, on uh, a lot of fun. Um, and that's where we decided in a previous life, I had done a number of deals with recognized brand names, celebrities, Mike Tyson, Michael Jordan, uh, the CW Network, Disney, just NASCAR. I had done a number of different uh, uh, brands. I even worked with the current president of the United States when he had a television show. So um, seeing, looking at that, that background and looking at what I had, which was 40 million tourists coming into Las Vegas and all of those hotel rooms and a desire to have a business model that could be scaled and taken to other cities and build off of what we had. That's how we came up with the, the concept of not only using the ghost kitchen, because our goal is to find the next Gordon Ramsay, and we think he or she is going to come from the app world, not from a brick-and-mortar restaurant, and to create our own brands, whether we partner with a famous celebrity or somebody with 60 million uh, uh, Instagram followers. If you want to have your own restaurant, uh, you can now spend $30,000 instead of a million dollars and have a restaurant. Awesome. So when did Cordia Kitchens form? So Cordia was formed. I basically used a, uh, uh, an old company and I purchased the restaurant in 2017 and we've been working on the concept for about the past year. Uh, we're getting ready to launch our couple of brands and looking for another uh, uh, tenant or two, but we want the right tenant. And then we have a partnership in Los Angeles now uh, with a commercial kitchen out there in the Hollywood area to service the, the Hollywood uh, uh, trade area. So how does this work? So you have the space, you have the kitchen, and if I'm a brand, I come to you and say, I want to start my own restaurant. So do I get my own cooks and lease space from you as well as equipment, you everything? Well, there's two ways. Ideally, from a corporate standpoint, I want to create our own brands. I want to partner with somebody with 60 million Instagram followers and have that person's virtual restaurant. And that can then be scaled all over the world. You can do it in, you can partner with other local restaurants, just like a franchise, except there's no building. It only exists on the app. Um, but if you are an aspiring chef, if you are the best cupcake maker in Las Vegas and you want to uh, open up a, uh, a cupcake delivery service, you can rent space from us. And we have the kitchen, we have uh, uh, the staff, we have licenses, everything is in place. And so you can create a business just out of basically renting a little space from us, and, but then you have to market it. So theoretically, you've saved money not opening, not buying chairs, not buying dishware, not hiring lawyers to get your proper license so you can go and market. Ideally, if you have a following, you'll be able to take that following. You can, you can uh, create an additional business just by selling food services to the following. 
right? You have a big brand, you have a million followers, you have 30,000 followers, but it's in a local area. You can now have your own kitchen and you can have your plan B kitchen and it shows up on, on uh, Uber, uh, on Postmates, and you send out an email to all your followers that today we're having a special on entrepreneurial sandwiches and they're twelve ninety five, and you can order them from Plan B Kitchen on Uber Eats. And you participate in that revenue and all you've done is essentially send out an email. All right. So, you know, I'm still trying to kind of uh, slice and dice the concept here. So is it possible to outsource the entire kitchen and cooking and then just be responsible for the brand and marketing? Is that, is that sure. what we're I talking mean, about? We would do that. If your brand is big, en- if your brand is big enough, uh, we would work out a licensing uh, uh, arrangement and handle all aspects of it and just send you a check. Uh, I mean, we're having those conversations now with some sports stars and a few celebrities. And of course, from a marketing standpoint, the funniest part is, you know, maybe the celebrity will deliver your dinner. And uh, uh, there are many ways to uh, uh, to use that. And from how to reach the customer, how to stay with the customer, food is something that they order every day. So if they really like the Britney Spears cookies, you can mm-hmm. order them every day and have it be delivered to you. So you mentioned two things. You mentioned ghost kitchens, and then you also mentioned virtual restaurants, if, if I remember, while we were Correct. having that. Uh, so can you explain the difference between the two? So the ghost kitchen is the physical location that where it is a industrial sized kitchen, a commercial kitchen where items are prepared. A virtual restaurant is a restaurant that exists only on a website and an app and it's delivered by a third party. All right. So what's what's the plan with Cordia? Are you looking at going growing national, international? So are, are so, you- our goal is, of course, to to do two things: to find the next the the next Giada, find the next John George, find because they're out there and they're going to come from this type of platform. They're not going to come from working their way up in kitchen somewhere and then eventually cobbling together some investors and opening a restaurant and it becomes a success. That model is done. It will come from because no one goes to restaurants anymore. I got an email from my kid's school the other day. Don't send Uber Eats to the school. There's too many of them, (laughs) right? So parents aren't making their kids lunch anymore. They're sending Uber Eats to the school. Mm -hmm. So the society's changing. How we eat changes. Everyone wants two-day delivery from Amazon, and they want 30-minute delivery of their food. So our goal is to create, uh, to be one of the first to develop big brands, and then we can partner with or buy local restaurants throughout the country. They're all starving, they're dying, and we know because we're in that business. We're in that business in Las Vegas and Los Angeles. And we don't need all of the, we don't need to spend a lot of money to be in a high traffic location because the traffic comes from the phone. The traffic comes from marketing. The traffic comes from Instagram. It no longer comes from cars driving by. It doesn't come from anything other than good Yelp reviews a big brand, and a uh, convenience for the customer. We live in a convenience world now. No one wants to go anywhere. Do you believe that, you know, over time, over the next 10 plus years, do you think finding a restaurant and going out and eating, is that going to be a more of a privilege than commonplace? No, I think we're going to see a, a, we're going to see a, a hot, very high-end special occasion, an anniversary, a birthday, a retirement, a, gold watch, a celebration type place. 
and then you're going to see fast food, right? The middle is getting squeezed out, just like middle stores are getting squeezed out. Middle, anything in the middle is getting squeezed out. It's the, the Amazon effect. Right? The malls are dying because people aren't going. Mm-hmm. You still have big chains, but the chains are sending it to you uh, uh, through UPS, through, through a delivery service. Small stores are going. Pier One uh, declared bankruptcy yesterday. A small furniture store can no longer compete. Why? Because of delivery. So we're essentially providing the pick and shovel for the next uh, uh, next type of uh, uh, delivery brands, and we're providing. We're trying to develop our own brand. Either way, uh, we think we'll be successful, depending on how it plays out. Because I don't think there's a clear path just yet. All right. So let's talk a little bit about yourself, you know, all the way from investment banking into what you're doing today. So you're more or less seen both sides of the equation, right? You're, you're actually being an entrepreneur right now and kind of going through the ups and downs of that entrepreneurial journey. But you've been out there on the other side, on the investment side of things as well. So what's your take on where startups are right now and the kind of an economy we have? And what do you what do you think the next 20 or 30 years will look like for the startup and innovation space? Well, I think you're, you're seeing the, the, it's the, when I started out, it was the fail fast. I think it's fail even faster now, right? And I think that there has to, the business model has to be one that's extremely flexible. I think if you start out with a specific path and you don't allow for either in your business model or in the, the middle of the night when you can't sleep or in your, your meeting with your board or your advisors or, or your, your wife, you have to be in a position to make a change. There are many people who are saying, oh, no, restaurants will come back. I just have to adjust the pricing. Oh, no, uh, things have to uh, uh, change. And you're the guy selling the fax machine. So I think you have to embrace being fluid. I think you have to embrace the willingness to change. And I think you have to be upfront. If you're out asking for money, say, look, this might not work. This might not go exactly the way we want it to. So you have to be even smarter with money. You Tomorrow will be much different than what you think it's going to be today. And you have to say, okay, we may develop, we may find, we may get a call after somebody sees this podcast and the biggest brand in the world says, this is exactly something we'd like to test in Las Vegas. I would be less interested in renting space to aspiring chefs at that point. We may never get the, we may never find the brand fit and we may have a thousand young chefs out there trying to rent space from us. That's okay. Either way, the business model is such where you'll do okay either way. I think that's part of the, uh, uh, the way things, the strategy has to be. Very few people, especially people who get the boxes on their porch every day, realize, know anything about Amazon web services or their cloud business that in fact pays for most of the uh, the front-facing business that they have. So I think there's a level of flexibility that has to be built in. One question I have is, uh, you're probably aware of WeWork and their recent IBO debacle. No, of course. <laughs> Great story. Love it. So when you look at that model, you know, real estate offices and then trying to find tenants for that versus you know, ghost kitchens, you know, try, uh, the space equation of it, you know, trying to rent out spaces to people that are looking to jumpstart or right. kickstart their own restaurants. What similarities or dissimilarities do you see? Well, so there is, on one hand, I think that there is an uh, unending amount of entrepreneurial spirit and enthusiasm in the world, which is something that we work was able to take advantage of. 
Um, I think that that we see it every day. There are so many people who say, oh, I'd like to open my own restaurant. Oh, I'd like to have a McDonald's franchise. Oh, I'd like to have that. Okay, so that's a million dollars. That's half a million dollars to build out even the most modest restaurant. You can find $25,000. You can find $15,000. And that's all it takes to open up one of these virtual restaurants. And if it works, it's going to work. And then you can expand it yourself. You'll Hopefully you outgrow us. Hopefully you outgo the gross kitchen and have your own virtual kitchen or virtual space and don't need us anymore. So on one hand, we're, we're an incubator, which goes back to my old financing days, where, again, I would love to find three of the next big food brands. And I don't know if they're going to be a celebrity. I don't know if it's going to be in cannabis, which is something that out here in Los Angeles has become absolutely is changing entertainment, hospitality, restaurants. It will changing everything. So I don't know where it's coming from. So I'm positioning us to say, okay, if cannabis dining is the way and it's legal and you can deliver it, that's a space we want to, uh, uh, we want to be in, you know, but at the same time, you have to be modest at the same time, you have to have a little bit of humility and I have failed and lost and had absolute sure things. And then they completely did not work out. So you, you, there's a, a level of enthusiasm that needs to be tempered with tomorrow might not go your way. Right, right. You know, as you set out on this new journey, what are some of the challenges that you have seen as well as any successes that you want to talk about? Um, so the, the challenges have to do with uh, awareness, right? It's a, such a new concept. Now, I was, you know, 20 years ago when I started my career, I started with you know, in the dot-com era, which is very commonplace now. I had a run in the cryptocurrency business and I was, you know, involved in cryptocurrency when Bitcoin was $40. And, and people are like, what is that? Computer money? Is that like PayPal? And now, although it's not mainstream, it's very, very well known, especially in financial circles and, and, and entrepreneurial circles. And then there's a, a, a reluctance. Wow, restaurants are really going away? They're really going away right? The middle is going away. And that's where the opportunity is because people aren't going to stop eating. There's also a whole generation out there that's growing up now in colleges, ordering stuff. They're not, they don't want to go out to the Taco Bell. They don't want, they want to drop off right in front of the dorm room now. They don't want to get, leave their video games. They just want it, want it dropped off. As that generation gets older, it gets tougher. If you're a middle market restaurant, you don't have a drive through You want to come in and sit down? Nobody's doing that. They're sitting down at home. It's convenient. It's, it's, it's any number of, of different reasons. So I think that uh, uh, that's one of the things that you need to keep in mind. Now, now that you brought up crypto, what's your take on the future of crypto? So I think crypto is here to stay. I think crypto doesn't go anywhere. I happen to have a membership club and I will direct uh, uh, some of my 1,500 members to this podcast. I think that uh, it's it's uh, won't become. I don't know that it is going to replace the U.S. dollar, but it is certainly because of its convenience. There's certain privacy aspects to it. There's a ability to do uh, uh, currency uh, hedging. There's a way to protect yourself from asset protection. I mean, there's a number of real ways that crypto has has significant value. I mean, we use it. Uh, for a reward system in nightclubs. We use it to designate membership in uh, nightclubs in Los Angeles and Las Vegas. Uh, and it's been very successful for us. 
uh, and it's a great area of growth and opportunity uh, done correctly. The Wild West days of crypto are over, uh, and but it's not quite mature yet. There's still a, a huge upside as far as uh, uh, as far as crypto goes. You know, based on where Cordia Kitchens is right now, where do your prospective clients find you, and what would be the makeup of your prospective clients? So some of them find us through podcasts like this. They go on and they'll search Ghost Kitchens and this podcast is going to come up with 100,000 views, I'm sure, very soon. Uh, some of them come up through, uh, through websites and media that we do. Some of them come from Instagram. Some of them, they come from all over. The, those who want to rent the space, that's where, the, especially in Los Angeles and Las Vegas, um, I have relationships with all of the major talent agencies. So I'm having conversations with a number of them about developing uh, celebrity brands or big brands on a first testing in Las Vegas and Los Angeles and then rolling out. So those relationships I have and uh, the uh, uh, aspiring Gordon Ramsay's of the world, they're finding us mostly online and through Instagram and podcasts and things like that. So when you look at your own career and what you have done, Peter, what are you looking to do? What, what do the next 10 years look like for you? And what would you like your legacy to be? Well, so the next 10 years, I would love to build out the most amazing uh, uh, online delivery service for food and for dining. Uh, we'd love to have our cryptocurrency club business spread all over the world. We're in here in Las Vegas. We're in New York. We're in London. We're in Hollywood. So that would be that would be, and I'd love to be able to work with, uh, I'd love to be able to work with, uh, you know, aspiring entrepreneurs. I'd love to be able to work with, uh, you know, the kid in the garage. I've also, you know, I've taught celebrities crypto. That's been interesting. Has been bringing so bringing people who you wouldn't think are interested in crypto uh, into the world, you know, and they're already successful. They're rich. They're famous. They have hit records and movies and things like that. And they're like. Hey, what's that Bitcoin stuff? So, I mean, that's been a fun part of the things that uh, uh, that I've done. And then you just meet so many interesting people. You know, in our restaurant in Las Vegas, I've got a Hall of Fame, world-famous baseball player who comes in on a, every day and eats breakfast there. And we have just such interesting people that we get to uh, get to meet and serve and, and work with. And uh, uh, so that's part of the fun. And again, finding the kid that's got... I came, I came across Bitcoin because... Two kids came to my office in New York looking for a seed stage investment in this computer money. And I was like, this is ridiculous. This is nobody with it. I mean, come on. This Bitcoin computer money? Get out of here. And uh, uh, didn't do the deal with them, but they planted the seed just from the random meeting about, hey, there is this thing called Bitcoin and you can transmit value across borders and you don't need permission from a bank. And all of a sudden I was like, yeah, that's got some uh, uh, that's got some utility and so you just never know where the next idea comes from that's so great peter so you know obviously i'll try to hit you up the next time i'm in las vegas uh oh please come by <laughs> las vegas los angeles anytime you're in either city come to the awesome. club come to the restaurant order some food yeah absolutely that'll be great and uh Thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a pleasure trying to understand what Ghost Kitchens are all about, your business model, and what you're doing out there. Any takeaway that you would like to leave with our listeners and uh, also let them know where they can find you? Yeah, I mean, they can find us at cordiakitchens.com. Uh, and then if you're in the crypto space, you can find us at mre.live. 
Um, and the takeaway is, is, you know, roll the dice. That's the takeaway. It's uh, the, the success comes when you roll the dice. If you keep them in your pocket or you walk past the casino, you're only, you're only going to get what you currently are getting. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Great being here. Hey, I hope you liked that episode. Please make sure you tune in to Plan B Success Podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. Or you could even go to YouTube. Or you could check out the episodes on planb.live or rajivmudumba.com. And please make sure that you subscribe so that you get updates on these episodes coming out pretty much on a weekly basis. There's three episodes coming out on a weekly basis. And take a moment to leave a review and a comment on any of the platforms that you subscribe to. Thank you very much. Thank you.